Well, a wonderful good morning to all of you. Good morning. Uh, since uh, we are not so many, uh, you need to speak louder. <laughs> uh, too many of our brothers and sisters are not with us again. Uh, they're still in quarantine, but thank God all of them are doing well, as far as I uh, have heard. And we are looking forward to have them back very soon again. So we thank God for his wonderful love and care for all of us. And today I want to uh, speak about this powerful subject, God keeps his word. God keeps his word. Now, as you know, from the beginning of this year, I've been speaking about the plans of God. Our theme for this year was, I am God, my purpose will stand, what I have planned, that I will do. And throughout the years, we have looked at different uh, aspects of the plans of God, the purposes of God, and uh, today, once again, we want to underline that very uh, fact that, yes, God keeps his word. What he has said, what he has planned, for sure, that is what he's going to do. Now, I want to begin uh, reading from the word of God in the book of John, chapter 8, verse 55. 8, verse 55. Later on, I will read a little bit more of that passage, but right now, let me read from this passage. These are the words of Jesus. And Jesus says, So you do not know him. He speaks about his father. So you do not know him. I know him. If I said I, do, I did not, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him and keep his word. Praise God. Jesus knows the Father and he keeps the word. This is a powerful word that we need to really underline in our, in our Bibles. He is the one who has come from the Father and he knows him and he keeps his word. Now let me read also from the book of John, chapter 1 and verse 1. The Bible says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God's. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. The mission of John was to prepare the hearts of the people. You know, he was to prepare the, the road of the Lord so that people will believe. Verse 8, he himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and so the world was made through him. The world did not recognize him. And verse 11, he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet all who received him, and that's a very interesting 
play of words. You know, he came into his own. Israel was his own. And they rejected him. But then the Bible says, yet all who received him, and those are people from anywhere in the world, those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision by, or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testifies concerning him. He cries out saying, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. From the fullness of his grace, we have all received one blessing after another, for the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only who is at the Father's side, has made him known. Praise God. Let us pray. Lord, we are so thankful for your words. This is an amazing insight into your wonderful plans for your wonderful work that you have done. We want to thank you, Lord, that you have given us great illumination, great insight, great understanding through your word. And Lord, I pray that today may you help us to get access to greater knowledge, get uh, an entrance into the wonderful plans of God. And thank you, Lord, that you are not just speaking, but that you are keeping your word just like you have promised. To you be the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, we must understand that Christ stands alone in this world, one who is speaking the truth. You know, later on, we are going to look at the arguments that were there between uh, some of the people in uh, Israel, some of the uh, teachers of the law and the Pharisees uh, who were arguing with Jesus. But we must understand that Jesus is standing supreme. And he is the one who established the word of truth. The word of God is timeless. It is always totally consistent. This is why we can trust God, because he never changes. He never changes his mind. He's not a human being that he could lie, but he's God and God alone. Throughout this year, you know, we have touched so many different uh, uh, scriptures. And we have seen the purpose and the plan of God in those scriptures very, very clearly. Now, we human beings always know only parts. You know, the, uh, the Bible tells us in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 9. Let me just read that. For we know in parts. Okay, very important. For we know in parts. We don't know everything. No matter how much we know, even if we may know much, much more than everybody else, it is only parts. We only know in parts. We cannot know everything. And this is what Paul writes here 
in 1 Corinthians 13. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Now we see but a poor reflection in a mirror. And you know, the mirrors of those days were not as clear and as powerful as they are today. But he says, we are only seeing a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see him face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I'm fully known. So we must understand that our knowledge is always partial. And that's why we must be very, very careful not to make ourselves judges about uh, the word of God and the purposes of God. Because God is the one who has established everything from eternity past. And whether we understand it or not is immaterial to what he has established. So that's why it's important that we realize that God is the one who has set up everything according to his purpose, according to his word, and he is going to make sure that whatever he has said, he will definitely keep it. He keeps his word. He is not lying in any way. In the book of Numbers, we read in chapter 23, verse 19, that God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? Of course not. God keeps his words. He keeps his word to the last dot. Now the beginning of all things is the word. Now the word is invisible to man's eyes. You know, as I speak here, you cannot see the words. Of course, if you had a recorder, uh, which gives you, uh, you know, the, the decibels which are showing, then you would see, okay, there is some, some sound coming forth. But then in reality, you can't see the word. And you can't see the purposes of God either. I don't know whether some of you have uh, followed the news. I think it was uh, three days ago or four days ago that uh, one of the most expensive uh, ventures has been taken off from the, from the ground, okay? That is what they call the James Webb uh, Space Telescope. Okay, the James Webb Space Telescope uh, has cost about 10 billion US dollars to build. Now that's a lot of money, huh? Not just million, but billion. And not just million, uh, but, but US dollars. And some people call it the gen billion gamble. Because even so, this uh, space telescope is going to be about 1.5 uh, uh, million you know, kilometers away from, from Earth. You know, once something goes wrong, there's no way to repair it. So everything must go flawless. Okay, whether it is going to work or not, we'll see, we'll hear. Even if it works, okay, 
Of course, the scientists have great expectations because they believe they will finally be able to penetrate to the beginning of time. They will be able to see things that no human eye has been able to see. And hopefully, you know, if it works, uh, I would also be interested to see some more pictures of uh, uh, deep space of the universe because it's nice, okay? It's amazing to see the creation of God. Uh, already we had the Hubble Space Telescope, but the, this new telescope is, 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 I don't know, 50 times more powerful or even more than that. The problem is that people will always be disappointed because what they are trying to see, they will not see. If you want to see how the world began, you don't need to spend $10 billion. You don't need to shoot a rocket into space and uh, you know, position it 1.5 uh, uh, million kilometers away from Earth so that finally it can be able to take pictures there. If you want to know about the beginning of time and the beginning of everything, you need to turn to the Word of God. Because this is where we have revelation. You know, even if this uh, new telescope can be able to see everything in great detail up to the very beginning of the Big Bang, they will still not know what was before the Big Bang. Okay? They will still not know who made the Big Bang happen. They will still not understand how everything came into being. And the Bible is very, very powerfully explaining to us how everything came into being. You know, John chapter 1 verse 1 is, is so powerful in the way it presents us the beginning. Okay, and uh, we must understand the beginning is far further back than our beginning or man's beginning. The Bible says, in the beginning was the word. Was the word. And the word has been timeless. You know, God is introducing himself as the great I am. So he is not having a past, a present, and a future. He is the ever-existing one. And so Jesus is the word, and he was in the beginning. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the word was God. Okay, we all know that the word became flesh and walked among us. But the word is God. And that's why, you know, the word of God will always be solid. It will always stand. Now, unfortunately, sometimes we have difficulties with the word. Sometimes we have misunderstandings in the word. Sometimes there are translation, translating problems that make things sound difficult and and. and, uh, and, and uh, as if they are not true, but the reason God has given us his word is to reveal himself, and his word is always true. Even if our understanding is partial, he is complete and he is whole. So the Bible is clear. He, okay, that is Christ, was in the beginning with God. Okay, so Christ, who came into this world as a person in the flesh called Jesus, Christ was there from eternity past. But when he became flesh, he became Jesus 
the man, as, as, as Luke calls him, the son of man, and as uh, John calls him, the son of God. So he was both. He was the son of God, and he was the son of man. He was born of a virgin. He was a human being like you and me, and yet he was God. Because the seed to Christ came right from the Father. Just like God was the one who created Adam at first, he also created the second Adam, okay? Or let me say he brought the second Adam through uh, the womb of, of uh, uh, Mary. And he came into this world and he walked among us as a human being. But then he was not just a human being, he was God. And of course, this is the, 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 the trouble that we see people have always had during the days of Jesus and even during our days, that people are looking at Jesus just as a mere human being. But let me tell you, the words that Jesus spoke are timeless, and they are time-tested, and they are the truth. Unlike any words that we speak, you know, it can never be 100% sure whether we speak the truth or not. You know, Jesus said, if I would lie about who I know, that I know the Father, I would be like you. Okay? He spoke to his uh, compatriots, the, the Jewish people at that time. I would be a liar like you, but I do know him and I keep his word. So in other words, Jesus revealed himself. You know, many times they would come and ask him, are you the son of God? And uh, they said, tell us open, tell us plainly. And yes, he said it very clearly. He made it clear time and again, but the people were not ready to receive that word. It is important for us to be students of the word. Now, I've heard thousands and thousands of um, scientists, uh, astrophysicians and astro, uh, you know, scientists are lining up to try and get the latest data, if ever it comes, from the new space telescope. Because they want to try and make things uh, understandable. And yet, whatever they will understand, it will only be part. The complete truth, the complete knowledge can only be known when Christ comes because he is the answer to all things. So we have the word of God who reveals to us how this world came into, be in, into being, okay? In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Through him all things were made, and nothing that was made was made without him. So anything that you see today, it was brought into being by the word. God speaks the word, brings life into the darkness, brings light into the world. That's why Jesus says, I'm the light of the world, and whoever follows me will never walk in darkness anymore. Praise God. So the beginning 
of this world, okay, is invisible to man's eyes, just like the word is invisible to man's eye. Now let me read a little bit further. I want to uh, take you to the arguments that uh, the people had with the Lord Jesus Christ. First of all, let me read the testimony of uh, John the Baptist. John 1, 29. The Bible says, the next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Okay, so the desire of the Father in heaven was to reveal his son to the people of God, to the, to the successors of Abraham, the nation of Israel, so that they would be able to understand the son of God. Okay, that was the purpose, that was the reason. Then John, then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. Okay? Now this was actually something that he saw in the Spirit because it really happened when he actually was baptizing Jesus a little later. I would not have known him except that the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is he who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I've seen and I testify that this is the Son of God. That's powerful. Okay? So the question is, why did people always ask Jesus, are you the Son of God? It was clearly spelled out here that, yes, he is the Son of God. Okay? Now, interestingly, John says, I did not know him. Okay, but, but John and, and Jesus did know each other. But John did not know him as the son of God. He knew him as a relative. Okay, they grew up together. They must have known each other. Remember, their mothers were meeting each other when both of them were pregnant. And uh, there was a history between uh, these two families. But John says, I did not know him as the son of God. I did not know that he is from before me, okay? Somebody who has been there long before I came into being. And that's what he now gives us a testimony. I've seen the spirit come down upon him and remain on him. And he calls him the lamb of God who carries away the sin of the world. That's amazing. Okay, so God gives us revelation. He doesn't want us to be ignorant. He wants us to be in the know. Even so, our knowledge will always be parts. He wants us to increase our knowledge. That's why he has given us his word. So these were the, the words that laid the foundation for everything that happened later on in uh, uh, the life of Jesus Christ, okay? So 
he was pronounced as the one who prepares the way. Uh, I mean, by, by, by John who prepared the way and he was pronounced by Jesus as the one who carries away the sin of the world. He was pronounced to be the son of the living God. But even so, people heard it. They couldn't believe it. They couldn't understand it. They didn't want to accept it. And that's why the scripture says he came into his own, but his own did not receive him. Very sad. But those who receive him, they have the right to become to be called children of God. Now let me read from the book of John chapter 48, chapter 8, verse 48. The Jews answered him, okay, and uh, you know these were constant arguments that were there between uh, the Jewish leaders, the, the, the leaders of the synagogue, the Pharisees, and they answered him, are we not right in saying that you are a Samaritan and demon possessed? Okay, so in case you you, you don't understand. Samaritans were outcasts in the eyes of the, of the Jews, okay, because they were mixing with other uh, nations around. And of course, they were considered uh, unclean. Even so, Jesus went there, and remember when he was sitting with that woman at the well, was giving her a powerful uh, entry in the kingdom of God. So he was not uh, segregating, but the Jews did. And of course, this is what happens today. Because you are not of us, we must look down upon you. And maybe because you're not of us, you might even be demon-possessed. That was the, the attitude of the people, the leaders of the Jewish nation at that time. So are we not right in saying you're a Samaritan and demon-possessed? I'm not possessed by a demon, Jesus said. But I honor my father... And you dishonor me. I'm not seeking glory for myself, but there is one who seeks, but there is one who seeks it, and he is the judge. I tell you the truth, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see this. At this the Jews exclaim, Now we know that you are demon possessed. Abraham died. And so did the prophets, yet you say that if anyone keeps your word, he will never taste death. Okay? Again, misunderstanding here. You know, this is what we have a problem with. You know, as human beings, we are easily running in this kind of arguments because we don't really understand the depths of the word. Because Jesus was not speaking of the life that we have in a human body. He speaks of the life that comes from God, the eternal life. John chapter 8, 53. Are you greater than our father Abraham? He died, and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? Jesus replied, If I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My father whom you claim as your God is the one who glorifies me. So you do not know him. I know him. If I said I did not, I would be a liar like you, but I know him and I keep his words. This is the scripture that we read in the beginning. 
Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day, and he saw it, and he was glad. You're not yet 50 years old, the Jews said to him, and you have seen Abraham? I tell you the truth, Jesus said, before Abraham was born, I am. Praise God. Before Abraham was born, I am. At this, they picked up stones to stone him, but Jesus himself, but Jesus hid himself, slipping away from the temple grounds. Now, you see, what we must understand here, when you do not believe, then whatever argument that will prove the truth will be rejected. Unfortunately, there are people today who just reject the truth, reject what Jesus is saying. And it's very important, you know, that we are believers. Even if we may not understand everything, it is better we go back and say, Jesus, what do you mean? Okay, or maybe we go back and study the word in more depth. Because, you know, when Jesus speaks about life, he doesn't just talk about the life that we live here, the fallen life. The one that takes us maybe 50, 60, 70, 80 years if we have the strength. But he talks about the life in God, the eternal life. And Jesus was making it very clear that there was a greater life that he came to bring into this world than the life that people were living here on earth. Because we all know that our life ends with death. Okay? So far... No one has been able to remain. And uh, the, same, the same destiny is awaiting us unless Jesus comes back. But that's the reality, you know. We have got the gift of life. It's given to us. And one day we'll come to the day of reckoning and we have to go from this world. But when we believe in Christ, then that is not the end. It's just the end of our human fallen body as it is today, but Jesus is the one who gives us eternal life. And that's what he, what Jesus is, is, is bringing out very, very powerfully here, very clearly. You know, the people of Israel, they were saying, Abraham is dead. And so are the prophets. All of them have died. And they didn't realize that Abraham is not dead to God. Okay? Yes, his body was buried at one time when his life came to an end. And there are records of, in the Bible that talk about that. But he is alive because he had eternal life from God. And so Jesus is introducing this subject. He says, whoever believes in me will have everlasting life. He will not die. And of course, if you use, look at it from a human perspective, from what you have learned in school and from what you can see with your naked eyes, then Jesus is telling a lie. Okay? But he's not telling a lie because he looks at life differently than we do. Okay? All these men and women of God... These heroes of faith that we have talked about uh, the last week, all those are still alive. And there are a mighty cloud of witnesses surrounding us, encouraging us 
to make it in our own life. So let's understand God has a wonderful way of doing things. So these people said, who are you? Who do you think you are? Because of course Abraham is the man they were all looking up to. You know, Abraham is the man of faith who laid the foundation to the nation of Israel and equally laid the foundation to all of us as believers because he is not only the father of uh, the, the patriarchs uh, who eventually became the nation of Israel, but he's also the father of all those who believe because Jesus has given him as an as a example. You know, he, he speaks about Abraham here so that we understand Abraham is alive. Okay, and that's the powerful words, you know. The, the, the Jewish people said Abraham died. The prophets have died. How can you say that anyone who believes in you will not die? All of these people have died. But Jesus says, I tell you the truth. If anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. Okay? There is death for our body, but there is a greater death. And that means to be constantly, forever separated from God. And this is what we call the second death. And that's what Jesus is speaking about. Okay? Now, the Jewish people says, who could be greater than Abraham? You know, uh, the argument was, what do you know about Abraham? You are just not even 50 years old. Some of us are older and more wise. You are not even 50 years older, and you are claiming to have seen Abraham? But then, of course, they misunderstand, okay? And you know, this is the problem, because the world is eternal. Jesus is the eternal word. Yes, he has manifested himself in the flesh as a human being, but he is still the Christ who has come from eternity past. He's still representing the Father in this world. And when he speaks, we must not just take his word as the words of a mere human being, but we must take his words as words with authority and power that will never fail. God keeps his words. He doesn't speak just to fill time. What he says will come to pass. Now Jesus answers this question or this argument of the Jewish people uh, and he's, uh, who, who said to him, are you greater than our father Abraham? And he says, your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. Very interesting. So in other words, there was a day when Abraham was able to see the Christ. Okay? And the Bible says here, Jesus says, he saw it and was glad. Amazing. Just imagine. Jesus says, your father Abraham was looking forward. He was longing to see my day. And yes, he saw it and he was glad. That's amazing. And so Jesus says, before Abraham was born, 
I am. Now when Jesus says I am, we must understand that this was something that no Jewish person would easily say. Because, you know, the word I am who I am, Yahweh, is a, is a, is a word that the Jewish people don't, don't put into their mouths. That's why they have uh, transliterated as Jehovah. But actually, the Yahweh, you know, is the name of God that people in Israel don't, I mean, especially the Orthodox Jews, they don't even speak. And even in those days, they don't speak that. Okay, so when Jesus said, I am, they knew exactly what he was saying. But of course, they thought he was, he was just, uh, uh, you know, somebody who was trying to impress them by being God. But he was not impressing them in any way. He just said the truth. And Jesus said it very clearly that he cannot speak a lie. He's not a liar. His word is the word of truth. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, we have the introduction that God gives to us. And it's a very important introduction because this laid down the foundation for the people of Israel to know God better. Okay? You see, God was asking the question, you know, when you send me back to, to Egypt, uh, to the people of Israel who were languishing there in in, uh, you know, as, as slaves. What should I tell them? Who has sent me? Now, these people were calling out to God. They were crying to God to help them. Of course, they were understanding their history, at least to some extent. You know, they were, they, they were offspring of Abraham and of the patriarchs, uh, you know, that was Isaac and Jacob and the 12 tribes of Israel. They understood that. But they were crying out to God, not fully understanding the nature of God. And so Moses, of course, who was growing up in Egypt, he had, he had a question, you know, why should they accept me, who was known to be a son of the daughter of, of Pharaoh, when, when uh, uh, you know, I had to flee away from, from, from that uh, place because of what happened? So they had, he had a problem. He said, what am I going to say to people? What is my authority? Who has sent me? Okay, and God answered him. God said to him in Exodus 3.14, 3, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israel, Israelites. I am has sent you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name by which I am to be remembered from generation to generation. That's a very powerful word. So that's why, of course, the people of Israel would not want to use that name because they, they were fully aware that they should not dishonor the name of God. Okay? One of the commandments that was given to them is they should not dishonor the name of God. And so they were not really even speaking the name of God. You know, some of us who are, you know, grown up in, in a great distance to the 
Jewish uh, devotedness, you know, we, we cannot really fully understand that. You know, we, we easily uh, use the name of God, and of course often we use the name of God in vain, uh, and we must learn not to do that, okay, because the name of God is very important. For anybody to say, <clears throat> I am, you know, that would have been blasphemy. Unless, of course, the owner, Christ himself, would say it. And you know, Jesus said this not only one time, he said it many times. He said, I am the light of the world. I am the bread of life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. You know, he said so many times, I am. And when he was asked about uh, who could be greater than Abraham, he explained. Before Abraham was born, I am. So he didn't say, before Abraham was born, I was there before him. No, he says, I am. That means I'm the ever-existing one. I existed before him, I exist now, I will exist forever. Because he comes from eternity. And that's what this name is expressing, and of course so much more. I am that I am. I don't have to justify my name because I'm the ever-existing one. Okay? And so Jesus was saying these powerful words, I am. And of course, not only at that time, he said it many times, so there should never have been a question mark. There should never have been a doubt of who Jesus was. He was the Son of God. Just like John the Baptist at the entry of the ministry, uh, Jesus entering into ministry was already testifying. And he said it time and again, I am. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the true wine. I am the door to the sheepfold. Isn't that powerful? So Jesus is the ever-existing I am. And of course, that's why now the people of Israel, the leaders of the Israelites were so annoyed, they picked up stones and they wanted to, to stone him. But of course, Jesus hid himself, slipping away from the temple grounds. It was not yet his time. Now let us understand, everything in this world will be judged by the word of God, which is the standard for everything that there is. Whether we believe it or not is immaterial. Everything will be judged by the word of God. The Bible tells us, Jesus himself said this, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. Praise God. Okay. God created all of these things. He created these things as our habitat for a purpose so that we have life and that we can learn to walk with God. But one day, he will do away with what is there and he makes a new heaven and a new earth. Because he's God, he can do that. So Jesus is the standard that God the Father himself sets to be the standard of this world. That's why Jesus came into this world. That's why Jesus said, I'm not a liar like you, but 
I know him and I keep his word. His word is the standard. You know, the Bible tells us very clearly that all of us, we have gone astray like sheep. That's why, you know, sometimes uh, it is difficult to trust the word of a man. Okay? You know, there's this song uh, that we have sung in the past, the man of this world will let me down. And that's sure. That's for sure. That has happened. Many of us have been disappointed by promises that we have received. You know, many times you have heard very good things that have been said and they have not been kept. I mean, if you would, uh, you know, go through this year uh, that has just, has just about passing away, you know, uh, you would see a lot of things that have been said in many places uh, and just before the year comes to an end, uh, these, these good promises have fallen flat and they're not, not going to be fulfilled ever, Okay. There are some people who are even peddling lies and they are saying them over and over and over again uh, so that they make people believe even so it's a lie. But Jesus says, I'm not like you. I'm not like mankind which is fallen. I stand for the truth. And the truth will set you free. Amen? So heaven and earth will pass away but my word will never pass away. So his word is everlasting and it's truth and it's trustworthy. That's why, please, never judge the word of God. If you cannot understand it, just accept that you cannot understand it. Okay? If you have quite, got questions about certain things in scripture, you know, come back and study again or ask somebody else. And if they cannot uh, also give you an answer, just leave it alone and, until finally God will give you a revelation. You see, the book of Revelation, for instance, is just such a book that has puzzled people throughout history. Because there are so many things that could not be understood. And even so, we can understand much more now, we can still not understand a lot of things. Okay? If we can't understand, it's fine. Okay? Because when there is need for us to know it, God will reveal it. But never judge the word of God. You know, I mean... In theology, there have been branches introduced uh, that give themselves the right to say this is, this is not the Bible, this is not the word of God. And that is wrong because we have no right to decide what is God's word and what is not God's word. God has given us his word. He has given us the canon of the 66 books, not by accident. Uh, this book has been written by many different writers, all driven by uh, the Holy Spirit, so that they could write down what came from the heart of God. So let's not judge the word of God. You know, we should understand there is so little that we know. If you look at the microcosm, you know, our, our body, people are studying and studying and studying, and COVID has once again revealed that we know very little, isn't it? I mean, you can switch on the radio at any time, you know, and you hear people talking about, you know, uh, what is Omicron? What is Delta? How does this work? Why is this like that? You know, it tells us we know so little, so little. 
I mean, there are some people who know a little bit more about it, and thank God for that, because now they have been able to develop vaccines, and the vaccines help, for sure. But even those who have developed the vaccines, they can't give you answers to certain questions, because nobody knows them. So, in the microcosm, you know, in the little tiny things of our life, we have no answers, okay? We know a lot much more than we used to know, as, as mankind used to know, maybe a hundred or five hundred or a thousand years ago. But still, there is more than we don't know. And the more you know, the more you realize how you know much more, how, how, how much more is not known. Okay? Now, if you look at the macrocosm, okay, that is the universe, that is the, the stars, you know, uh, the, the billions and billions and billions of uh, stars which are up there, you know. Uh, this is amazing. This is amazing. And of course, as I said earlier on, now we have this telescope, the James Webb telescope, which is trying to explore space and trying to give us answers. But even if they give us a lot of answers, more of the knowledge will remain unknown. In fact, the more we know, the more we realize, hey, we never knew that. Okay? Science had to be rewritten many times because people came to realize that what they accepted as a standard was overtaken by other facts that they came to know about. That's why we must accept the word of God. It's the word of truth, and the word of truth will ever stand firm. Everything will be judged by the word of God and not the other way around. You know, many people have judged the word of God by, by science. Okay, there was a time when people said, no, we are not coming from God, we are coming from the monkey. What a nonsense is that? Okay, and you know, uh, the, the idea of evolution is something that has been taught in our schools and is still being taught even so now science knows it's impossible. Evolution is an impossibility. Okay. But you know, people to accept that we were wrong is very hard. So they will still keep it somewhere and hope that nobody talks about it. So it's not evolution, you know, that uh, some people were thinking up, which is going to judge the word of God, but the word of God is judging evolution. Okay? People still talk about evolution, even so evolution to God means something completely different than to man. So we must understand, once the word of God is spoken, it is reality. When God spoke into the darkness, let there be light, there was light. And it was not sunlight, because the sun only came later. But it was the light of God. So when, when God speaks his word, he speaks truth. He erects a reality. And that is what we should hold on to. God desires to communicate his words to us so that we have life and that we have it in abundance. That's why God speaks. That's why he has given us his word. That's why we come together to listen to the word of God time and time again, because to us it is life. Amen? And God will never change his mind. He keeps his words. So what he has said, he will not come back and say, oh, sorry, I made a mistake. I should change this and the other. I have to do a little bit of, 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 of uh, cosmetic updates. 
No, God is not like a man. We human beings, we always do that. You know, I mean, uh, sometimes some of us, we are, we are too um, perfect perfectionist, you know, every time we have done something, we want to go back and change a little bit here, and change a bit there. Okay? But God is perfect. Okay? He's not perfectionist. He is perfect. He's complete. He's whole. And what he said is definitely true. Now let me come to a close with a word that we find in the book of First John chapter 2 verse 5. 1 John chapter 2, verse 5. The Bible says here, but if anyone obeys his word, anyone, anyone here? Okay, I do, okay? I hope you too. If anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. Wow. So, as we believe God is able to make his love abound in our lives, he's going to make his love become complete inside of our lives. That's amazing. And this is how we know we are in him. Okay? This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Praise God. So in other words, we are called to be disciples. We need to walk in his footsteps. We need to continuously learn and be open for correction. Because so many things that, you know, this world, these philosophies of this world has been impacting us with, you know, has been trying to pump into our brain. Some of these things are just merely just wrong. They may be outdated or they have never been dated at all. And so we must learn from Jesus. He says, my yoke is easy. You know, come and be yoked with me and learn from me. And this is what we should. We should learn from Jesus. He is a wonderful God. He is the living word that will never change. And the word that he spoke will remain true for all eternity. So his words is supreme, supreme over this universe because his universe came through the word. Everything in this world came through the word. So the word is supreme. His word will never pass away. Let us pray. Lord our God, we are so thankful as we have come to the end of this year, you're reminding us once again that yes, you are God. Your purpose stands. Whatever you have planned from eternity past, it will come to pass. Yes, you're going to do it. You keep your word. Lord, your word is full of good and wonderful promises. And when we trust you, when we believe in you, we will see these promises come to pass. And so, Lord, we give you praise, we give you honor. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are here. That you are rewarding those who trust you and believe in you. Thank you, Lord, that you have given us life that does not come to an end on a day 
that is a day of death, but that will go beyond the day of death because it's life from God's. And so, Lord Jesus, we are so grateful that we can learn to trust you. Just like the book of Proverbs said, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lead not, lead not on your own understanding. Lord, let us not try to put our understanding above your words. Your word is supreme. And we trust you. We believe you. We follow in your footsteps. Lord, we thank you that what you have said will come to pass. We want to walk in your footsteps. To be your disciples. Every single day of our lives. So Lord, we give you honor and we praise you for this word that you have given us today, for the assurance that you have given us today, that yes, you are God's. You are the great I am. You have been, you are, and you will forever be. And thank you, Lord, that we are your children, that we can join you to be with you forever. So Lord, we give you praise. We thank you, Lord, for this year, 2021, thank you, Lord, for the many good things that we have seen, despite of all the challenges, despite of all the troubles and trials that we have gone through, but you are still God. And so we give you praise. We give you honor. 